but opinion, I think, was wrong, and I think the government should appeal it. Uh, it's deeply flawed in a number of ways. He thinks it's wrong. I don't deeply think the flawed. appointment of a special uh, master is going to hold up. But even if it does, I don't see it fundamentally changing the trajectory. Yet I, they should appeal. Words, I don't think it Yet they should appeal. the ball game so much as maybe we'll have a rain uh, rain delay for a couple mm. of days. Oh, a rain delay. But I think that so... the fundamental a rain delay for dynamics of the case are set, which is the government has very strong evidence of what it really needs to determine whether charges are appropriate. He's guilty. Which is He's guilty. Government docu documents were taken. Classified up, information <laughs> was taken and not handled appropriately. And uh, they are looking into, and there's some oh, evidence to suggest oh, yeah, that yeah, they yeah. were deceived. Oh, and, they, they were, they were deceived. really relates to the content of documents. It relates to what the fact that there were documents there and the fact that they were classified and the fact that they were subpoenaed and never delivered. But they don't have to show the content. Oh, contents are you know, irrelevant now. Advice given in a memo, Con for example, content in order to is irrelevant. Case, so I think uh, it's not really going to change the decision. So but they, sh the they should appeal it. Will be overturned on appeal by the it DOJ. Won't, it won't be. I think if DOJ appeals eventually, it'll be overturned. How, how long will that take? It won't be. Well, that's, that's my I prediction. Delayed. I hope they expedite it, but it could it could could take several months to get that straightened out. So it could take several months to get it straightened out on the appeal of a special master, which is only temporally limited uh, to the special master determining what might be privileged or confidential, or what in fact is, as was even identified by the privilege team. Okay. It's not going to get overturned. That's my prediction. And we'll see who happens to turn out to be right between former Attorney General Bill Barr and crazy Canuck Viva Fry. We'll see. But the logic in what he's saying here, or the absence of the logic, it won't really do much. It'll just delay the inevitable. The basis is there. He's already guilty. They the, the contents of the documents is no longer relevant. It went from nuclear codes to the content of the documents no longer relevant. It's clear he, we were deceived. Dece it, it went from nuclear documents to deception. But it's the beginning part of this that really, really Pisses me opinion, off. I think was wrong. The wrong, wrong. The government should appeal it. Should appeal it. Uh, it it's deeply flawed in a number. Deeply of ways. flawed. He's talking about a court order that was just rendered by a federal judge. It, it occurred to me that once upon a time, Bill Barr said something along the lines of this: Trump attacks on. Oh, this. Sorry. Oh no, this was Bill Barr. Trump attacks on Justice Department make job impossible. Barr says he says. Attorney General William Barr lashed out at President Donald Trump on Thursday. This is a while back, two years ago, saying the president's social media attacks on the Justice Department make it impossible to do my job and that I'm probably going to be bullied or oh, and that I'm not going to be bullied or influenced by anybody. I know it's the Justice Department and not a judge, but it applies mutatis mutandis. What is Bill Barr doing right now, right here, if not interfering with the administration of justice by his own standards. I happen to think Bill Barr should be allowed to say things like this, as Trump should have been able to at the time. By his own standards, by his own criteria, Bill Barr right now is making it difficult for judges to do their job if they have to worry about former attorney general getting on, what was he on, Fox News? Is it Fox? Uh, yeah, getting on Fox. 
biggest, biggest media company in America to lambaste and basically ridicule a judge, tell her her decision was totally, totally nonsense. If it gets appealed, it'll get overturned. He's not going to be bullied or influenced by anybody while he simultaneously now goes out and tries to bully the former judge and influence any appellate court that's going to hear this case. Because when they hear former Attorney General Bill Barr come out and say, the decision was bunk, should clearly be overturned, that's not going to influence anything. That's not going to make it harder uh, for the wheels of justice to turn. Murder. I, I, I don't know. Barr is a crooked as a dog's hind leg. <laughs> Well, it depends. If the dog's like, you know, in full uh, stretched out mode, like running, the, the leg can get straight. But um, I, I remember there being a time when I thought Bill Barr looked like a decent guy. Oh, I haven't been giving the standard disclaimers because of the new format here, but no medical advice, no election fortification advice, no legal advice. Uh, Rumble rants, super chats, you know the rules. YouTube takes 30%. We go live exclusively on Rumble at about the 30 minute mark. So we do 30 minutes here cover a few stories, move it over exclusively to Rumble. And uh, if we build it, they will come because it's where the future is, I think, of meaningful, long format, open discussion of topics that the overlords on big tech want to, at the very least, control the narrative of, if not outright prohibit. Uh, wasn't Barr responsible for justice being delayed on bin Laden? I don't know enough about Barr's history to comment on that. But I know that Barr is, he, he, Justice, Barr is quick to jump on the bandwagon. Trump is, they definitely have a case against Trump. It doesn't matter what the contents of the documents are. We were deceived. Please look into the work of Sergeant Tyson Bowen. Today, we pay respects and celebrate his life. I talked about it yesterday with James Topp. We need to have a serious talk about PTSD in this country. Yeah. Well, one, one of these, you know, maybe we'll talk about it later today or, or one of these days. I, I've had, yeah, it's... When um, James Topp was talking about Tyson Bowen, I, I, it was clear what had happened. And it's, uh, there's sometimes no, no fairness on this, on this planet. Okay, and then we got this. Uh, Rumble almost never goes live when YouTube stream does. That's why I have to start out here every time. They're, they're working on it. I email, I email. I, met, I, I communicate with, with Pavlovsky every time I get, uh, you know, recommendations. They're, they're, they're aware of virtually all of them in any event and working on it. So stay tuned, be patient. And, um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, guys, I know I've, I've only told them 15 times. Okay. All right. Bill Barr, the hypocrite, uh, the, the bar has been risen. <laughs> Lots of puns today. Uh, the bar has been risen. The bar of hypocrisy and double standards. When judge, when judge, when Trump criticized judges, when he commented on pending lawsuits, it was, it was an attack on the judiciary itself. But, and, and people will be able to distinguish. You know, it's Bill Barr, former attorney general, versus the sitting president of the United States. Okay. Uh, when Roe v. Wade came down and members of Congress, members of the Senate, sitting members of government came down not only to criticize the decision, to demonize the justices, to call them extremists, to say that they're taking away Americans' rights. When they did that, it's fine. When Trump criticized the judiciary, it was an attack on the rule of law itself. And you'll always be able to, to, to wordsmith distinctions. No one will ever be the president. So if what they're saying is, you know, the Elizabeth Warrens can call Kavanaugh extremists, but any president cannot comment at all. Okay, if that's the standard, let me know. I'll just call you an outright hypocrite. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's the... No, 
Trump is making it hard for the Justice Department to do its job. Bill Barr won't be bullied or influenced by anybody while he comes out on media to bully and try to influence the justice uh, that is currently underway, or some might think the injustice that is currently underway. Loving the Encino Man look, I am devolving. I am no longer evolving. I'm devolving. We're going to get to some fun stories today because I'm, I'm talking about my testicular torsion when we go over to Rumble. Uh, I want to start. Look, the gates of hell uh, thumbnail for this. I was very happy with, with that pun. Very happy with the way that thumbnail came out because it's, it's glorious. Uh, DSLR Dave, by the way. Anybody who's looking to up their thumbnail game for YouTube, DSLR Dave. He's on Twitter. He's on uh, the social medias. He does glorious work on the thumbnails. And today's thumbnail is no exception. Gates of hell. Because it's literally what we are opening. And it's literally Bill Gates himself that's opening them. I shared this video. I'm going to pause the shorter version. Uh, I retweeted this. Ezra Levant is ahead of the curve on a lot of this stuff. Uh, tweeted this yesterday. We're going to watch it. It's not the entire clip. I haven't seen the entire segment in its entirety. Uh, we're going to watch this. And we're going to understand that Bill Gates is quite literally in real time seemingly attempting to open the gates of hell. And I have a great many observations to make on this clip, but one in particular. Gates notes. No, gates of hell. Walter Isaacson's new book, The Codebreaker, tells an amazing story. It's oh, yeah. about how Jennifer Doudna and other scientists discovered a new way to edit DNA. Editing DNA with precision has been a holy grail for scientists for decades. Editing DNA with precision has been a holy grail of both scientists and monsters. I mean, let, let's just let that sink in for one second. It, and it's an amazing thing. I'm watching this and I'm thinking, if I know nothing about Bill Gates as a businessman, as a, a, a promoter of certain interventions, as you know, what I've learned in the last, what, how many years now? Two years? If I knew nothing of Bill Gates or nothing of the world around me, and I'm watching this, I'm, I could see myself saying, this sounds great. I have uh, leukemia. I have, I don't, I don't. I, what I'm going to say is I, I have a disease. If, I, if, if they can find a way to genetically edit my DNA to, to eliminate my disease, I'm thinking this, is, you know, this would be the greatest breakthrough ever. But wait, we'll get there. The DNA, of course, encodes all of the biological functions. And so some of the mistakes in DNA mistakes. cause disease, genetic okay. disease. If we could go in go and in. fix those mistakes, we could save many, many lives and get rid of these diseases. Can you uh, just first of all appreciate in an era of political correctness where you don't say disabled, you say differently abled. Uh, you don't say handicapped, you say impaired. I don't even know if you say impaired anymore. You don't say uh, midget or dwarf, you say little people. And I'm not sure what the other term is now that's, that's replaced what has now become the politically incorrect term. In an era of this terminology, Bill Gates is referring to people's existence, their very DNA, as mistakes. Where does this mistake end? Does it end at a disease, a congenital disorder? Does it end at a being differently able? Does it end at a, at a neurocognitive uh, 
incapability. Or does it go to skin color, skin pigment, and eye color? Oh, you uh, uh, th that would be a crazy question to ask. Oh, we'll just wait a few more CRISPR seconds. is a very fascinating tool. You figure out a part of the DNA sequence that you want to change. Mm -hmm. Then you take the DNA that's nearby and create a guide in RNA. So that helps oh, you locate RNA. the... I'm sorry, did I just hear a term that I hadn't heard? until recently a guide in rna oh and then you send in a little messenger rna in there to change your dna interesting i remember hearing things which even two years ago i thought sounded so that helps you locate the position and then you link this cas enzyme which has the ability to do that cut and edit and so pulling together this guiding rna and this cas enzyme Editing uh, becomes possible. Editing your DNA becomes possible. Now, I'm still, I, I, I have difficulty imagining someone watching this and not being somewhat terrified, even if they have no knowledge of Bill Gates or the world at large. Um, I mean, I can still say, fine. Congenital heart condition, Alzheimer's, pancreatitis, things that you want to avoid. If you could find a magic thing to go in there and edit that insofar as there's an Alzheimer DNA, be, it, would be, it would be miraculous. You'd save people from suffering. Our foundation is funding work to see if we can use CRISPR to knock down mosquito populations dramatically. We're also looking at CRISPR. Does his voice drive anybody else crazy? Not his voice and his method of speaking. He, where's he from? That accent it, I, and the pitch of his voice it hits a frequency that irritates my ears. CRISPR to make better seeds. We're also looking at ways that CRISPR might help us with uh, very accurate diagnostics. And uh, we're considering how the CRISPR gene editing might lead to a way of curing HIV and things like sickle cell. Okay. Using CRISPR to help cure disease is not very controversial. Using CRISPR to cure disease is not very controversial. I would like to put that in a parenthesis. We'll leave it aside. But he's, he's priming us for something. Uh, he's priming us by trying to pre just sit, sit that out there so that he tells you what to think before telling you something that you probably will agree with. But wait until you hear the next sentence. Cure disease is not very controversial. But using CRISPR, you could actually change the DNA that would determine your baby's eye color or skin tone. Most scientists agree that... Can you appreciate what he just said there? Determine your baby's eye color or skin tone. And they even stop, they stop the music, but wait for this. Most scientists Most agree scientists. that this is something that we should not do. Most scientists agree that this is something that we should not do, which necessarily implies that there are some scientists that think it is something that we should do. Mo and it not, by the way, not even virtually all scientists. This is saying most, that could be 55%. That could be 50 plus one. Uh, they say it's something we should not do. But there's a lot of scientists who think it's something that we should do. Uh, you know, modify your baby's eye colors or your baby's skin pigment. And they drop the audio. They drop the audio like it's the climax of the song. It's not very controversial. But using CRISPR, you could actually change the DNA that would determine your baby's eye color or skin tone. Do you remember the scene in uh, Fight Club? Ooh, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it. At the end of the movie when... 
Ed Norton is putting it all together and and he's talking to to Tyler Durden and then he, he connects it and then the music just drops and he passes out. That's what you had right here. This is the truth drop that makes everything go silent. It's not very controversial, but using CRISPR, you could actually change the DNA that would determine your baby's eye color Whoa. or skin tone. Whoa. Most scientists agree that this is something that we should not But do. some think it's okay. Walter's book does a great job talking about how it's a slippery slope and raising the question of where should we draw the line and the relative role of the scientific community and governments in helping make sure that we don't cross it. Hmm. You know what's interesting? Uh, I, I don't. I mean, I, I don't know if he says it later on. It's 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 interesting that Bill Gates at that very moment does not specify whether or not he thinks it's controversial, whether or not he thinks nobody should cross that line. He said it. Yeah. And the funny thing is, he said like when you're talking about how things can be used for evil, um, you know, typically you, you don't need to say it. It's like it'd be like you know hydroxychloroquine. Uh, it, it could be, it has medical purposes, uh, but you know, it could be used by uh, disgruntled uh, spouses to potentially kill their other spouse. There was that story and ultimately the woman who fed, you know, fish cleaner to fish tank cleanser to her husband was never charged, but they're like, you know, okay. Uh, rubbing alcohol is very good at disinfecting wounds. It's not controversial. Uh, it could be used to end your spouse's life if you pour it into their food and don't tell them. Uh, that is, most doctors agree that that is problematic. Why would you specify the horrific and all dare say Third Reichian manners, the eugenicist manner in which this science could be abused unless you're thinking about it? And by the way, and then, and then just, it's a very, just a soft, most doctors think that, you know, controlling your DNA to change eye color and skin pigments as a bad thing, but why don't you take a few moments to mull it over? Hmm. Ever want to be born with different eye color? You ever want your baby to have different skin pigment? Just throwing it out there. Most doctors don't think it's good, but some do. Some do. He's saying the quiet part out loud, very loud. But like, I don't know who sees these videos in the first place. And so it becomes the obligation of the rest of the world. You know, Bill Gates put together a very, very detailed, very well edited video. We should share it around. Let them let them know what they're saying publicly. <laughs> Unless you're thinking about it, that is that is the undoubted. Uh, I mean, that that is the what's the word? The uh, Easter egg in there? I don't know if that's, I'm using the word right, but oh no, some most doctors think that that's a bad thing. Using science to uh, to shape humans the way we think they should be shaped, and referring to Genetic mistakes. I, I can't get over that. Genetic mistakes. Very, very politically incorrect in today's day and age. Uh, designer babies is what it, you know, it's, it's like, oh, it, it's, it's, can't say it. Uh, Gates said scientific community and government to decide. Let that sink in. Replay it. Hold on. Did I close, did I close down the, uh, no, I, I heard it. Let, 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 let the government decide. Let the government decide with the influence of the likes of um, Bill Gates. Oh, all right. How's everybody doing today? It's Friday. It's Friday. My hair, facial hair is growing in, but not fast enough. Uh, appeal of the Department of Justice. The Justice Department is appealing 
uh, Judge Cannon's order to appoint a special master. Uh, Bannon, six charges, being paraded around handcuffed. We've gone from show trials to show prosecutions to show persecutions. And, um, and you've got too many people saying, yeah, well, he broke the law. Can you imagine? I, like, I don't even understand the rationale of someone like Steve Bannon, for example, and the charges. Do they need to be handcuffed as a matter of law? I asked the question because I don't know the answer, actually. When you're accused of things like, I don't know, fraud, and you're voluntarily turning yourself in, do you need to have your hands cuffed behind your back, paraded before media um, as part of the process? I don't know if cuffing is necessary each and every time there is uh, an arrest or you know, bringing someone in for I don't know. If anybody knows, let me know. Uh, this is precursor technology that allowed Captain Kirk, Bones, and myself to teleport down to new worlds where no man has gone before. Spock, I can do it. Look at that. Look at that. How good is that? See if I can do it on this hand. Eh, wait, oh yeah, no, it's easy. Okay, I can do it. Um, yes, yeah, so someone says show execute. It's, 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 oh, let's, let's do this one real quick just to, before we move on over to the rumbles. Uh, For every concern, yeah. For every concern, this is what happens the last days of the dying regime. They will never shut me up, not to kill me first. I have not yet begun to fight. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to read into that body language. I know Steve Bannon's baseline, I think. His face looks a little red, but I'm not sure if it's the lighting. So I'm not sure if that's anger, uh, rage, or just disbelief, or it's not there. But I have the tendency when I get absolutely enraged beyond words not to yell but to get into this like it's a nasally upper chest way of speaking like you're speaking from the upper chest because you can't take a deep breath because of the amount of rage that's what i detect here For every conservative this is what happens the last days of the dying regime they will never shut me up not to kill me first now i i, I want to make sure i'm also not his hands are not behind his back like an AOC, like his hands are actually cuffed. I have not yet begun to fight. Yeah, his, oh, so that, see, that's the, there, right there. His hands are cuffed. It's not an AOC, you know, putting her hands behind her back, then raising a fist as she walks off. This man's hands are cuffed. This is what AOC wishes would have happened to her when she was arrested for blocking the traffic. Why would he be handcuffed? If the chat knows, because I, I've never practiced criminal law, I don't know how it works. Do, do they have to cuff him as a matter of policy? So I, I don't know from that, from the way he's, 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 is Bannon playing us? It all, it almost seems like he's acting. He's gotten arrested and he's facing six charges, fraud, conspiracy, whatever. We'll go over it in a second. So he's, if he's acting, well, he's got other actors with him because he's actually facing charges at the state level in New York. We'll get there. Yep, cuff for real, another slave says. It's a perp walk. Perp walk before the media so they can get their images. Big bad man Steve Bannon. Look, he, he, already convicted on contempt of Congress, facing new charges because the only reason he didn't go to jail the first time was because he got pardoned by Trump. We found, we found a way to go after him on the state level. 
chat going blank again today. We'll see about that. Okay, people, 27 minutes in. Now's the time. We're going to mosey on over. Oh, I didn't, oh, hold on. I didn't put the link in. I got to remember my, my um, I've got to remember my system of doing this. So I forgot to go pin the link in YouTube so that you all have it to go now. Hold on. We're going to go here. Things will get smoother as I get better at doing this. So bear with me while we do this. Boom. Pin, pin. There we go. You all have the link now. We're going to wind this down. And my, yeah, by the way, you're going to want to follow us over. I, I did a live stream with Alison Morrow yesterday, and she asked the question. She said, Viva, if you're just posting the live stream the next day, uh, why is discussion going to be any freer on Rumble than it currently is on YouTube? And I said, first of all, good question, because I just realized that myself when I went and posted the entire stream the day after I did an exclusive on Rumble. And I said, first of all, I'm, it's not like, I'm not running out of my way to be edgier, to swear more, or to talk about stuff that I wouldn't be able to talk about on YouTube. I'm not running out there to say the elections were swollen. I, I'm not doing that. So by and large, I'm not going to have to worry about that. But for example, when I have Dr. Francis Christian on again, uh, you know, I posted clips but that entire thing is not going to be able to go on YouTube. If I have Dr. Malone on, Dr. Corey, if I have things that I know, we just won't be able to post in their entirety. I'll snip and I'll clip and uh, we'll live with it. But, um, uh, but by and large, you know, we're going to talk about some stuff on Rumble. And I may decide not to post it on YouTube or I may post it on YouTube knowing it's going to get demonetized and not really have to worry about that anymore. It's going to be uh, the freer discussion without the soft censorship. And if there's a demonetization, so be it. But nothing's going to change in the actual essence of this channel. I'm not running over to Rumble right now to, to become a salty cracker. But we are going over to Rumble right now. So let's do this. Boom. One more link. And we are going to remove from YouTube. See you all on Rumble now. Are, are, are we live on Rumble? Let's do this, people. <laughs> that joke is never going to get old. Uh, all right, now we can talk about some things. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to... I went down this rabbit hole after I saw Libs of TikTok uh, share that Ask Doctor on TikTok uh, who was talking about the puberty blockers just putting a, a pause on puberty. And I went to that Ask Doctor's handle and I started scrolling through it and it's a black hole of perversion. And, and I'm not a sensitive person. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a Puritan by any means. I like, I like dirty humor. I like raunchy humor. Uh, I do not like uh, perversion. And the Ask Doctors TikTok feed specifically says, I'm answering the questions that adolescents are acting, asking. And so I just started surfing through and the stuff I saw was horrifying and I'm not a Puritan. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna show you two. I'm gonna give you fair warning in advance. Nothing is graphic. Nothing is, uh, nothing is anything that, uh, you know, should not be viewed by humans. Uh, but it's perversion. It's perversion. Because one of them from the Ask Doctor who purports to be a pediatrician answering the questions of adolescence is how to make homemade lube 
You're seeing it correctly, people. How to make homemade lube. And I don't even, first of all, I don't ask these questions. I don't know why children would be asking these questions. I don't know why adolescents would be asking these questions. I think to that scene in Superbad where Jonah Hill and the other guy, you know, the other guy's got the lube and he's like, we're teenagers. We're, we're young, healthy people. We're not the old, you know, I, I, it was the joke from the movie. We're not old, decrepit people that need lube. Like young, healthy people, not necessarily even teenagers to be even thinking about these things directed at teenagers at best and uh, even younger at worst talking about how to make homemade lube. And I don't know these things. So I don't know what's so even more outrageous about the shocking content versus the stupidity of the advice. I'll let you watch this. This is one of those TikTok thingy thing. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. You gotta start again. I gotta, I gotta. Supplies. Supplies. I don't know what that is. Water. Cornstarch. Enjoy. Well, I don't know what that is. A spoon? That's water. Okay. Cornstarch. I'm no doctor. I'm not giving medical advice. I'm not giving legal advice. I'm not giving homemade lubrification advice. But a lot of people seemingly with better reflexes than me said, cornstarch down there is not a good idea. And I don't know. I don't know. But it does make sense that's like, we've, we've heard of these things called yeast infections. Some people are suggesting that cornstarch down in the nether regions is not the best thing on earth. I'm going to go to the chat. Uh, I'm going to go <laughs> to the chat here um, just to see what anyone says. Th this doctor is telling you how to make homemade lube for adolescents. And the last bit... Enjoy. No, no, this is this is this is totally this is total legit podiatry or pediatrician advice. This is not this is not grooming. This is not um, no thanks. Corn starch yeast infection. Many believe yeast will feed on cornstarch. Cornstarch is the main ingredient in many powders. As part of the old study, researchers tested this and found no correlation between cornstarch use and increased yeast growth. Okay, so I guess I guess the uh, the advice, although perverted and border on grooming, may not be uh, it may not actually be uh, a factor in increasing the odds of a yeast infection by making your own homemade lube and directing that advice at adolescents. It, it's sick. It's perverted. I'm shocked, and I'm not easily shocked. And look, I, I make the joke that my, my, you know, my kids do use TikTok. I watch what they watch, and they're in gymnastics. Like It, it feeds on what you already watch, and I'm not an irresponsible uh, laissez-faire parent. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite, act, quite involved and quite active and quite aware of what's going on. But I just didn't know that there was this level of grotesque depravity on the platform. But it doesn't even stop there. And I'm sorry, this will be the last one. And then we're going to segue into my testicular torsion because it's related. But before we do that, Rumble Rant, Loud Noises, Gamer 635. And 
Rodriguez, P. Rodriguez, 1990. Keep a placeholder live stream on YouTube directing people to Rumble. Thank you for reminding me. Let me do this. Let me do this. Once it processes on YouTube, I can then put it also in the pinned comment. So let me do that while we talk. The, the, the absolute perversion doesn't stop on Rumble. Um, doesn't stop there. And now I go comment and I will pin it so that everybody can find it. Okay. Watch this, people. Watch where this goes. Share, share screen. Last one ever, I promise. I saw this one the other day, but I didn't actually watch the video. Now I watched it and I wish I hadn't. This is a doctor, by the way. I'm not a doctor. I just happened to be a male who had a testicular torsion. I say I had it multiple times as a teenager because I only had the surgery the last time I had it, which prevented it from recurring. I'll tell you about my testicular torsion. This will be a, a Rumble exclusive. Yeah, damn audio. So the, she's talking about testes because some of her videos are about care for the foreskin. This one's about testicles. What makes sudden testicle pain? Torsion is when the testicle, just to put the little dollar sign, it's such cute censorship, uh, you know, accommodating censorship, twists on itself. Okay, that's that's kind of true, but maybe I'll, I'll, there's a little more to it than that. Oh, look at her mouth. Look at that. Look at that. Ouch. If it stays like that, Blood can't get to the sperm, to the sperm, not to the testicle. Just she wants to throw out the word sperm because I, I guess she thinks the children that she's appealing to like hearing the word sperm and testicles all the time. They like hearing sperm. If it stays like that, twisted, blood can't get to the sperm. That's not true, but. Oh, look at the graphic. Ooh. And your beans eventually die. Now, I don't know if she means sperm or testicles. A testicular torsion, it depends on the type that you have, is when the, the, the testicle either twists around and cuts off the circulation or the other one twists around and cuts off the circulation to the testicle. It doesn't cut off circulation to the sperm. The sperm is stored in the epididymis. It's stored in, the, in, in another part. It cuts circulation off to the testicle. It's excruciatingly painful. It feels like you're being kicked in the ball over and over again, throbs up into your lower belly. You have no idea what's going on. And the way to correct it through surgery is to stitch the testicle to the side of the scrotal sac so that it stops floating around and, and crisscrossing and whatever. So the advice, is, the advice itself is, is, is idiotic from a pediatrician who seems to be targeting children to talk about genitals and making these cute, sexy little faces at a child audience while throwing in the words sperm and homemade lube and all that. It's, it's, sick, and, it's sick and pathological. I'll never watch it again. I will never subject you to that again. But while we're on the subject of the testicular torsion, uh, it's, it hurts like hell. So I, I'm 13 years old. I've been having these 
pains in my groin. Don't know what they are. My dad thinks everything when you're growing up is growing pains. He's like, ah, it's all in your head. It's growing pains. Like, this is not in my head. This is in my, my balls. And one day I'm out with friends. We go to McDonald's. I ate four burgers, uh, two Big Macs, uh, two Big Macs, a chicken filet, a fish filet, milkshake, French fries. Right after I start having that pain again. And at that point, no one's going to believe that it's anything other than a stomachache because I'm a damn pig. And I was like, no, no, this is really bad. I got to go to the hospital. Go to the hospital. The doctor you know, starts feeling around and feels around and says, yeah, this, this looks like a testicular torsion. Uh, have you eaten anything in the last six hours? It's like, yeah, only four burgers, a milkshake, and a french fry. He says, well, you're going to go under general anesthetics now um, because you have to. My mother's like, do you have to? Can we wait? And he says, no, operate, lose testicle. It's like, okay, fine, done. Sold, as we say. I do the surgery. I, I had a number of surgeries. I, I had a testicular cyst as well one day. Everything worked well enough to have three kids. Um, the surgery is, they, they, uh, from what I understood, they sewed the testicle or attached it to the side of the scrotal sac so that it didn't crisscross around it. The testicles have cables on them. Apparently, one of mine only had two cables and not three, so it crisscrossed around more easily. Uh, the recovery was exceedingly painful. Uh, the stuff down there swells tremendously while you're healing. And when I got back from the surgery and I'm like in excruciating pain, I, my family's laughing because I'm wobbling from, you know, as I walk through the house and it was so much pain that I actually vomited from the pain. And as I'm running to the bathroom, hobbling to vomit, I hear you know, siblings cackling because nobody truly understands uh, the type of pain. Uh, but they, it fixed it. It fixed the testicular torsion, what they did. And then a little while later, I, had a cyst, which was removed, and it's fine as well. So that was it. Uh, but that, I, 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 TikTok is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a black hole cesspool. And the perversion of, of the pa pediatrician's account is scratching the surface. Everybody should watch Sydney Watson's, um, I think it's the video that's actually pinned on her YouTube channel, where she talks about you know, basically it being a breeding ground, a, a factory for mental illness for children. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's terrible. Jay Bubblet says, my vasectomy hurt for a week like a kick in the nuts. I'm never getting a vasectomy. I'm not doing it. I, I've heard people say, oh, it's just an in and out. It's a day in, a day, a day procedure, in and out, a little snip, snip. I went in for my uh, rubber band ligation. Well, it's just a day surgery, in and out on my hemorrhoids. I know what it feels like to give birth to a child, people. I'm telling you now, controversial words. My recovery from the, just the day procedure, in and out, rubber band ligation surgery, I know what it feels like to give birth to a child. I felt that pain, and I have never felt greater pain in my life than the recovery from the rubber band ligation procedure. I'll never do it again. I won't deter other people from doing it. I'm never doing it again, and I'm not having a vasectomy. Okay, Big Pete says, Viva. Oh, uh, the election was, <laughs> you're on Rumble. The election, I will not say the election was rigged as, as FK. <laughs> uh, Big Pete, say the words. What I will say, it was fortified in exactly the manner, detail, in meticulous detail in that Time Magazine article. It was fortified to hell. It was a secret cabal of well-funded, individuals working behind the scenes to change the rules, to change the laws, to control access to information, to ensure a specific outcome. That's what it was. Yeah. I don't even believe the, the, the Dominion stuff. I, didn't, I, didn't, I was skeptical of it at the time, and I still don't believe it now. Uh, 
what they described in that Time article magazine, fortification to some and fortification to others. That's what it is. <laughs> Mahoyo says, Viva, I'm in pain just listening to you. The rubber band ligation. Um, no, no, it was, it was, I, I can't describe the pain and I don't want to go into the details because it would involve details that nobody needs to know, but sweating, shivering, sobbing uh, just to go to the bathroom. Never again. Okay. Uh, that was way too much. I, I, I said, I, I said too much people. And I'm, ne I'm never touching TikTok again, uh, unless it's to share what's going on so that people know, so that you know, watch what your kids are doing. Watch the TikTok schlock that they're engaging with on TikTok. Watch the black hole that they get sucked down in TikTok. It has fun stuff. You, you remember that guy, the Ikea guy? It was the funniest stuff on earth. Uh, the guy making fun of working at Ikea, stand-up comic. It was, it was the greatest comedy ever. You can get into those spheres where it's comedy, it's good nature stuff, it's how-to, gymnastics, fishing, whatever. Then there's the dark side of TikTok, which might be uh, the bigger underbelly of that platform. All right. We, can, we, we, we can't go a day without talking about Justin Trudeau. I'm, I'm not, I don't do the uh, public, public mourning of public figures who pass away. It's, you know, yeah. what, I don't do it. It's not my thing. Uh, Queen Elizabeth passed away yesterday. It's like the biggest news on earth. It has actually some legal repercussions, potential legal, legal repercussions in Canada that I still don't truly appreciate. I'm going to have to ask my brother because he sent me a link about Quebec having passed a certain law uh, last year to the effect that current litigations, current uh, legislation, I think certain government procedure would not be interrupted in the event of the Queen passing. Quebec being a unique province, I don't think this risk existed elsewhere in Canada, but whatever. All I'm going to say is that when someone passes away, finding the right words is incredibly difficult. Uh, incredibly difficult. It requires uh, humanity. Finding the wrong words, on, on, the, on the other hand, incredibly easy, especially depending on who you are. This is Glenn McGregor reporting on Justin Trudeau's response, reaction, reflections of the Queen passing. And he says, PMJT, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, speaking now about death of Queen Elizabeth II. Quote, I'm having trouble believing that my last sit down with her was my last, not her last, my last. I will miss, I will so miss those chats. I'm having trouble believing that my last sit down with her was my last. I will so miss those chats. Pathological narcissism. Uh, are, you know, the queen has died. And I know Justin Trudeau has said other things that didn't involve four personal pronouns in two sentences, four of 19 words about him, me, I, my, my, it's, a, it's, it's hard to find the right words. And oftentimes it's just a question of allowing the, the, the people who are grieving, the people who are living to mourn and grieve to Sit there, stand there, and make it all about yourself. I mean, it's telling. Someone in response to that tweet said, there's a lot of reasons to hate Justin Trudeau. This is not one of them. Wrong. This is one of them, because this is indicative of a narcissist who sees the death of the queen as an opportunity to talk about how important he is. 
all, all that to say, though, the queen lived, uh, I mean, the life of a queen, she lived to 96 years old, a, a, a life full beyond comprehension, passed away without suffering too much, uh, peacefully, surrounded by family, can't really ask for much more than that. When my father-in-law passed away peacefully, he was too young, and that's it. 62, I think he was 62 years old. Suffered for a year with, with, with cancer and then passed away very quickly. And the only saving grace is he spent two nights in the hospital, including the night he passed away, as opposed to months, uh, but far too young. <sighs> okay. Let's talk about something here. Oberlin, people. Oberlin update. Does everybody remember the Oberlin debacle? The Oberlin uh, lawsuit, uh, Gibson Bakery, I shouldn't say Oberlin because Oberlin were the wrongdoers. Uh, Gibson Bakery sued Oberlin College for defamation, tortious interference with contracts. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, interference with prospective business opportunities. D who, who, by way of response in the chat, let's just see how long this takes, remembers the Oberlin saga. And while we do that, I'm going to read Caligula's Rumble Rant. Here is the archive link to the Time article since they paywalled it. Oh, I did, I did an entire, I did multiple breakdowns of that. I mean, not multiple. I did breakdowns on several occasions of that. If anybody can find my, I, I broke down that article because it needs to be preserved for the ages. That article was not about fortification. That article was about fortification and trying to get people to accept the idea, the new normal. Fortification is the new normal for preserving democracy. It's like when BuzzFeed ran that article about uh, Whitmer's kidnappers, saying, how many people need to be involved? How many FBI agents and informants are involved before it becomes a problem? And the purpose of that article was to get people to be sensitized or desensitized, I should say, to the idea that now entrapment is the new normal. Entrapment is the new MO. Get used to it. If ever you see 15 FBI agents and informants trying to foil a plot where there's three defendants. I'm exaggerating for the purposes of making a point. That's normal. It's fine. You know, it's not 15 FBI agents and informants orchestrating the plot and suckering three, three patsies in to do it. But for the 15, they never would have done it. No, they're foiling a plot. That's the new normal. That's what the BuzzFeed article was attempting to do. This Time Magazine article was attempting to normalize fornification as though that is the new standard to preserving democracy. Okay, parentheses closed. The Oberlin article, for anybody who doesn't remember, Gibson's Bakery was a bakery in the vicinity of Oberlin College. I don't think it was directly on the campus. It's, it's, it might've been on the campus. I don't know how it works, like what the, what the campus is. It did business with Oberlin. It had existed for 137 years. I think as of now, it, might it existed for over 100 years in Oberlin as the local family-owned bakery, the Gibson family. Uh, it had been, you know, not unfamiliar to shoplifting. It's what You own a shop, you get shoplifters. It's what happens. I didn't appreciate, by the way, that it was the day after Trump's election. I was just reading, I was just re refreshing my own memory of the, uh, of the story. Trump was, uh, Trump was uh, elected president November 8th, and it was the next day. Uh, that this happened at Gibson's Bakery. Shoplifting. Gibson's, here's it. We've been in business for 137 years. We've had our fair share of shoplifters. That particular night, 
a student from the local Oberlin, from the local college, Oberlin, tried to steal two bottles of wine and use a fake ID to buy a third. The son, Alan Gibson, uh, pursued him across the street. There was a physical altercation and, um, and, and the, the, the shoplifters, the students, who happened to be black, race would never have been a part of this story until it was made to be the center point, and wrongly so. They happen to be black. Okay. They alleged that they were profiled by the Gibson's Bakery, that they were pursued, that they were assaulted. The news breaks out that the Gibson's Bakery profiled black Oberlin students, uh, physically assaulted them, and, uh, and wrongly accused them of, of shoplifting. In reality, and ultimately what happened, the students pleaded guilty to shoplifting. They, 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 they pleaded guilty to it. They made a statement that they were not racially profiled, but too bad because by the time that happened, the proverbial poo-poo is out of the proverbial horse's proverbial butthole. And Oberlin ran with the narrative, as did, as did it becomes madness, that Gibson's Bakery was a racist bakery, profiled these students, assaulted them. I mean, that was one of the accusations also that Alan Gibson, the son, assaulted these students. And, um, and then, you know, people within Oberlin uh, began boycotting Gibsons, began handing out flyers, saying it was a racist uh, bakery with a history of racism. Uh, the uproar. The next day, I opened the store around 7 a.m., and I soon got a sense of what his the father feared. Over the next few hours, hundreds of students began to gather in front of the store. They chanted, boycott Gibsons, and held signs that we were white supremacists. They called us racists on their bullhorns. This is coming from one of the, uh, the Gibson family members, but this account was confirmed even in the trial. Students weren't alone. This is where it gets really bad. College administrators were there too, handing out flyers and addressing the crowd on a bullhorn. The protesters also distributed flyers that said we had a long account of racial profiling and discrimination. This is, this is the flyer that college administrators were handing out. And I believe, we don't need to get into all the details, I believe this flyer or something like it was on the campus and administrators, college administrators refused to take it down. A long history. Protests continued. Uh, oh yeah, before November 9, our relationship to the school had been wonderful. We delivered pizza dough, bagels, and cookies in the dining halls every day. What happened afterwards? A week after the incident, the school canceled all of our standing orders. That was just the beginning. They basically bankrupted the family. And they bankrupted the store. It had to go. It, it shut down for a bit. They, the school put out a statement that implied it wasn't an isolated incident. The school's student senate passed a resolution. This is like Simpsons-level epic, out-of-control madness. It's like, it's like the I didn't do it, boy. Just a frenzy. It's a frenzy of madness where no one takes a second to step back and say, is, is any of this true? But then you get into the world where it doesn't matter if this is true, like Jussie Smollett. It doesn't matter if this incident is true. Racism exists, so therefore this serves as the example, the reminder. Even though it turned out to be not just fabricated, it turned out to be so wrongful that it resulted in a court judgment after a trial by jury for $31 million. $31 million. The older Gibson died in the process of this. He was an, old, he was an older man. Um, shut down, stress, anxiety, everything. We don't need to go into all the details. Um, 
the, I'll, I'll, I'll actually, I'll clip this article here. That, that's that's the, the backdrop of the story. Here. I don't know how to pin links, but... Oh, and I just lost the rumble rant that I can't read. So that, that's the backdrop of the story. It turned out it was all bunk. It was a lie from the beginning. The college administrators knew that it was a lie. The dean or the assistant dean, they knew that it was a lie. They refused to undo the wrong. They not only cut their contracts with Gibson's Bakery, they interfered with Gibson's Bakery's uh, economic relations with third parties, boycott, slander, terrorizing them in, in, in no uh, lesser terms, terrorize them. They went to trial and it was one heck of a doozy of a trial and they lost. Boy, how did they lost? They, now they lost and um, the jury awarded punitive damages in excess of the statutory limit. It was reduced a little bit, but they were ordered to pay $31 million, Oberlin, to the bakery. Bakery's back in business, I presume now. Um, Oberlin tried to get out of, pay they, they appealed. They asked for an appeal to the Ohio Supreme Court, rejected 3-0, said they couldn't. They, they, at one point, I think they said they couldn't pay because they didn't have the money, which turned out not to be true. Um, let's see here. I bought up the Wikipedia article for one reason. Here we go. On April 1, 2022, the Ninth Ohio District Court of Appeal dismissed Oberlin College's appeal. In a 3-0 decision, the panel upheld the jury verdict that Oberlin College defamed, inflicted, inflicted, inflicted distress, and illegally interfered with the bakery. The damages were capped by Ohio state law. Ohio state law, I'm talking like an Ohioan, at $25 million in, in, in total damages in place of the jury's original verdict of $11.1 million of compensatory and 33.2 in punitive. Oberlin was ordered to pay $6.3 million in attorney's fees to the bakery. Wow. Wow. By the way, that's, I'm not saying that the lawyers don't deserve that. This was years in the making. But wow. Oberlin College sought review of the Supreme Court of Ohio May 13 and later moved to stay enforcement of the $31.3 million award and fees. The court granted Oberlin's college motion for stay while it considered the party's briefs, but declined to grant certiorari on August 30, 2022. Oberlin College published a statement expressing disappointment in the Supreme Court's decision not to review the jury verdict or Lorain County Court of Common Pleas rulings. The Bakery Council praised the decision and told reporters, quote, Oberlin tried to frame this case with claims and issues that weren't on trial. This was never, this has never been a case about a student's First Amendment rights. Individuals' reputations should never be sacrificed at a false altar of free speech. David Gibson died in November 2019 at 65. Alan Gibson, the elder, died February 22nd at age 93. Sorry, it was, it was Gibson who died during this, not at a, at a ripe old age. S stress will kill you. This type of stress that Oberlin deliberately inflicted on this family-owned bakery, a, 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 a cornerstone of the community, I, I think it would not be too hyperbolic to say it contributed to the untimely death of David Gibson, 65 years old. People can't understand that, that type of stress that litigation inflicts. But that's not the that was the backdrop. That was the, the current news. Oberlin's going to pay, and they're going to pay, and they deserve to. New York Times, they're going to have to like borrow the Washington Compost's moniker. The New York Times 
comes out and uh, they report on it. H- how do we think the New York Times is going to report on this? <laughs> it's so pathological, people. It's pathological. It's not the old gray lady. It's got to be the old caca lady. The- it's pathological. Listen to this framing. Listen. Oberlin College has agreed to pay. They're so benevolent. They've agreed to pay $36.59 million to a bakery that said it was falsely accused of racism after it caught a student shoplifting. People, it's pathological. We need to, we need to appreciate this. Every time we read something, we need to back up and see how are we, how are we being lied to? How are we being misled here? I think, um, how many are we here? Of the 4,331 people watching right now, I think we are probably by and large very, very well-equipped to know how we're being misled here. But for the newbies, for the noobs, and for the new arrivals, and for those who are going to be watching this for the first time as it gets shared around the interwebs, Oberlin College has agreed to pay $36.59 million. That's a funny way of saying comply with a court order. That's like saying... uh, let me think of somebody who would, will not upset anybody with the comparison. <clears throat> That's like saying, oh, geez, uh, now I can't remember his name. The UFC fighter who just went to jail for it. That's like saying that, a, that someone has agreed to go to jail <laughs> while they're handcuffed and being hauled off by the cops. They've agreed to go to jail. They've agreed to pay the $36.5 million that was ordered by the lower court, ratified by the higher court, and a subsequent appeal refused by the Harper. They have agreed to pay what the court ordered them to pay. Hmm. Very benevolent. Lie one. New York Times, you are rubbish. After the bakery said it was falsely accused. No, 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 no. Not, not at this point. It's a judicial fact, if not a, a cosmic fact, that the bakery was falsely accused of racism. It's a judicial fact. The court found it. The jury found it. It's a fact. They didn't, it's not, they didn't say they were falsely accused. They were falsely accused of racism. That's why they were ordered to pay the $36.59 million that Oberlin has so graciously agreed to pay. But by the way, they'll never be able to be called totally fake news because the lead was buried. Get past the, get past the headline, get past the, the misleading tweet that shows Oberlin in a benevolent light, not the liars, the business destroyers, the person crushers that they are for politically motivated reasons. No, they're, they're benevolent. Oberlin agreed to pay after the Ohio, that's what I said. Okay. In the article, the decision by the college's board of trustees, it's not a decision. They, they will seize assets if you don't pay it. It's not a decision by the board of trustees. It's a court order. The decision by the college's board of trustees announced Thursday came nine days after the Ohio Supreme Court had declined to hear the college's appeal. Oh, okay. The decision, the begrudging decision to respect the court order came nine days after their request for an appeal was denied. Denied. Truth Matters, Lee E. Plakas, the lawyer for Gibson family, said in an email Thursday, David, supported by a principled community, can still beat Goliath. Yeah, except David passed away at 65. Alan passed away at 93. The family is going to see some justice. In in as much as you can see justice under circumstances like this, I have a sneaking suspicion they would have said 
in 2016, hey, Gibson Bakery, this is the hell that we're going to put you through for the next six years. Would you go through this hell for $36 million or would you just like to go on running your business the way you've run it for 127 years? I think I know what the answer would have been. Nobody. Nobody would agree to go through the hell that they went through for six years, even if they knew at the end of the six years of hell, for those who are still alive, they'd get $36 million. It's not worth it. And yeah, that's the news. So, uh, you know, the, the, the W for Oberlin, the W for Gibson's Bakery marches on. But New York Times, pathological, gaslighting, liars, nothing more. Uh, JDN347, Viva, I gave birth, had a tubal ligation, got an infection with the incision, had mastitis, all the while looking after a two-year-old and a newborn. I feel your pain. You feel my pain. I don't think I can feel your pain. That's massive. Well, first of all, uh, congratulations on, I mean, damn. Uh, I wish I could bring up these this chat so everybody could see them, but, but all right, well, I, ho I hope it's better now. I've been told giving birth is painful, but, you know, every time a, a woman tells me that, they don't seem to remember the actual experience afterwards. So, uh. all right, that's Oberlin. And the New York Times. Oh, and they're going to pay. The, 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 the university is, is, I don't know, they've got, what, like a billion dollars in, in assets and dower, whatever it's called. They, they can afford it. But everyone at Oberlin now who went there, because I do know people personally who went to Oberlin, uh, your donations are going to pay off a $36 million judgment that Oberlin paid because they falsely invoked racism, were malicious in their conduct, uh, very, very liberal for a liberal arts university. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. All right. Well, let's 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 actually do the, the Department of Justice. We we started with Barr. We'll get we'll get back to this. Um, Barr thinks that you know he comes out and says it's a bad judgment. Judge Judge Cannon, who people are going after now on social media, trying to have her license uh, or trying to get her impeached, I think, or trying to file ethics complaints against her. Can't, you can't only love your judiciary when you win. That's, that's, let's hear Joe Biden say that. Can't only love your country when you win politically. MAGA Republicans, you threat to democracy. But you can only love justice when you win judicially. And if you lose and you don't like the court order, even if it, all it does is appoint a special master to review things to make sure you know, the wrong things don't get into the wrong hands. No, no, no. Let's destroy the judge. Politically, oh, nerds. Not doing it. Not doing it. Hold on. Um, cripe. I'm not, I'm not doing, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a member of New York Daily. Why did that happen? That's what happens when I don't read the article fast enough. A paywall comes up. Okay, let's go like this. Why is the internet now not working? Here we go. Uh, Department of Justice files to appeal the special master ruling on Trump papers. Even though, according to Barr himself, it won't change much. It's just going to be a little bit of a delay. They'll go through it because, hey, no skin off their back. Justice Department doesn't pay their lawyers. Uh, American citizens pay those lawyers. They are playing poker with other people's money. And, hey, win or lose, they win. The Justice Department on Thursday asked a federal judge in Florida to tweak a ruling that has limited the government's criminal probe into secret materials hauled from the president. It's, it's, they just can't wait. They can't even wait 
to, to, to try to file charges against Trump. They got it. I can't wait for a special master to look through the documents and make sure that in our criminal probe, we're not relying on privileged information that we had no right to take in the first place. I want to, I want to indict him now. I want it now though, justice. No. So tweak it. Let us have access to all of it uh, in the context of our criminal probe. Uh, in a 21, okay, so we, re we read the filing before. We don't need to read the filing again. Cannon's decision issued Monday, it ordered the uh, independent arbiter. It ordered a special master. We've talked about that. Trump requested the document review set to be conducted by a court appointed special master. Yada, yada, yada. Okay, here we go. The ruling appeared to place Trump on a pedestal as a former president. <laughs> oh my, can you believe this? Shiat. The ruling appeared to place Trump on a, for, on a pedestal as a former president. Really? Daily News, when, when the judge ordered a special master for Project Veritas, was it because they were a former president? Or is it maybe, just maybe, because it's equitable, it makes sense, and it's necessary to preserve the appearance. I don't think it's going to preserve any impartiality. But the, the appearance of partiality, impartiality, sorry. And it created a dilemma for the Justice Department, which had to weigh the dilatory effects of an appeal against the desire to scrub a ruling that legal experts saw as flimsy and dangerous. Hmm. I wonder who there. I wonder who was influenced or bullied into saying this. I'm sure he. Oh, do we, do we have a what's his face in here? That doesn't matter. Do we, do we, did they cite Attorney General Barr to substantiate this statement? Now, dangerous. A dangerous ruling. That's that's ballsy. If the Justice Department does not receive the stay by next Thursday, the filing said, it will take its appeal to the Court of Appeals for the 11th District in Atlanta, the 11th Circuit in Atlanta. Six of the 11 judges of the court are, like Cannon, appointees of Trump. Still, the prosecutors expect confidence in their case on appeal. Yeah, okay. Um, it, it's, it's they're playing poker with other people's money. They are playing politics where... If they win, they win. If they lose, they win. Trump has to go to court. He has to waste his own money, uh, waste his time, stress. They've got nothing to lose because it is a game to them. Be awake, not woke, says Viva. I love your content. I'm probably about to lose my job as manager at family-owned restaurant due to the Newsom $22 minimum wage for fast food. So may not be able to afford rumble rants soon. Love you. I, you don't need to worry about that. The only thing with sharing is caring, period. But that's atrocious. I mean, oh, no, no, it's great. They're going to increase minimum wage. Uh, and the effect that that's actually going to have in real time, they're going to lay off employees so they can pay the ones that they can pay the same amount that they would have otherwise been paying more employees. Uh, they're going to work them harder. Uh, and if they can't, they're just going to increase the prices of their goods, which they're probably going to do anyhow. So it's great. Here, here, here's a price increase of $22 an hour. Uh, and Starbucks coffee is going to go up to $9 an hour. Although nobody should be wasting their money on Starbucks coffee. Get homebrew, buy the vat. It's delicious. Um, so the J Justice Department is going to appeal. We don't need to go through the whole thing. I just pulled it up here. Tab, is it a tab or is it a link? It's right here. I mean, we're not going to go through the whole thing because it's tedious, laborious. It's legal arguments. It, they just—it's like just repeating your conclusions. It's like, oh, we tried it with um, we tried it with 
with Judge Cannon. It didn't work. Now let's go try it with a court of appeal. Uh, same arguments. United States, it's, it's the same arguments that we saw in the Justice Department's uh, opposition or response to Trump's motion for uh, interim relief. United States motion for a partial stay pending appeal. All they want to do is have access to this for their criminal probe. They want to have access to documents that, unless I've misunderstood something, they want access to documents that might be privileged, that they might not have had the right to have under that raid for the purposes of their criminal probe. Attorney General Barr, this will not succeed on appeal. I'll say unless you get the most motivated reasoning judges on earth, which is possible. Because unless I've misunderstood something, the special master is going to go through the documents and determine what the uh, investigators are allowed to look at that is not privileged, executive privilege, or solicitor client privilege. Why would they be able to consult those documents on an urgent basis for the purposes of a probe? It's ill-gotten fruit. They're not supposed to have it. They're not allowed to have it. And so why would a court of appeal come in and say, we're going to let you in the interim for the purposes of a criminal probe, look at documents that might be solicitor client privileged or uh, executive privilege. They're not going to. That's my prediction. I am, I am taking a bet against Bill Barr. Clip it, snip it, and we'll come back to it in due time. Pursuant to the... Uh, yeah, yeah. United States respectfully moves for a partial stay pending appeal. Okay. Specifically, this is the important part. I'm going to undo that because you can't read it. The government seeks a stay to the extent the order, one, enjoins the further review and use for criminal investigative purposes of records bearing classification markings that were uncovered pursuant to a court-authorized search warrant. Well, here's the issue. The special master's not going to preclude them from consulting those documents once the special master has taken the week, the two weeks, to look into it and say, okay, this is documentation that they were allowed to seize. And this is, uh, what do they call it? They called it a um, limited set of privileged documents. What do, you, what do you have to wait? By the time this goes to appeal, the special master will have reviewed this already. So all they say is that the dog might bark. Pudge, pudge. One second. Go, get up. Go, 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 go. No, you're saying. All that they're saying here is we want to be able to see the documents that we're entitled to see, presumably, but that we might have to wait to see because the special master's got to come in and make sure that what we're looking at is, in fact, documents cl bearing classification markings that were recovered pursuant to a court-authorized search, search warrant and not the limited set of potentially solicitor-client privileged documents that were there. Okay. Requires uh, – now, what did they say? They want to order to the extent that it, quote, uh, two – requires the government to disclose those classified records to a special master for review. Oh, they don't even want to disclose what they're saying are classified records to the special master. Because a special master might say, no, those aren't, those aren't uh, classified records. Those are solicitor-client materials. Those are materials that you cannot consult and that you cannot use for the purposes of a criminal probe. They basically, they're saying exactly what they said in their initial argument brief, we want to determine what's the limited set of privileged or uh, you know, uh, executive privilege or solicitor client privilege documents. We want to determine that. And the special master can look over the other stuff that we've determined the special master can look over. That is, as we say in the industry, bass backwards. That is putting the carriage in front of the horse. That is basically the Justice Department saying, we want to be the special master. 
So, I mean, and you go through this, it's procedural background. We don't need to go through that. And the art, where do we see this? The government is likely to succeed on the merits. Yeah, you said that in your response to Trump. And the judge said, Trump is likely to succeed on the merits, which is why I'm issuing injunctive interim relief. The court erred by exercising its equitable jurisdiction to enjoin the government's use of classified records. Oh, interesting. Okay. Seems equitable uh, is inherent powers of the court. The court erred in using its inherent powers to issue an order that it thought was necessary under the circumstances. The court erred by enjoining further review and use of classified records and by ordering review of such records by a special master. Oh, really? Okay. You're entitled to your opinion. The judge heard it because this is the same argument you made the last time. And the judge disagreed. Uh, and that just goes on. It's like, it's like they get paid by the word, except there's, there's no limit. Without a stay, the government and the public will suffer irreparable harm. Listen to this. To begin with, the FBI itself is part of the intelligence community. Same argument they said before. And since the 9-11 attacks, the FBI has integrated its intelligence and law enforcement functions when it exercises its national security mission. Okay, we, we, we've heard this already. The application of the injunction to classified records would thus frustrate the government's ability to conduct an effective national security risk assessment and classification review that, and could preclude the government from taking necessary remedial steps in light of that review, risking irreparable harm to our national security and intelligence interests. By the way, people, this is not drafted for the court. This is drafted for David A. French. This is drafted for the Banana Republic lawyers on Twitter who have already come to their conclusions and they need this. This is like the Sam Harris TDS porn, but the legal version. They need this. It was alleged in the Justice Department's appeal that risk, this would risk irreparable harm to our national security and interests. Empty folders, even according to Bill Barr. So it's like, there's not really much in there, but it's clear there was deceit. But now you have a filing in which the government says it's going to risk national security and intelligence interests. Oh, won't someone think of the government? The government will also suffer irreparable harm if it cannot review and use the classified materials as part of its criminal investigation. And if it is forced to disclose classified materials outside the executive branch. Oh, we don't want to share our documents with the special master, but trust us, we can review it ourselves, even though we have proven that we can't. Rookie mistakes, I think they called it. They couldn't keep it away from the other sections of the Justice Department that weren't supposed to see it. Intelligence communities, classification review, and national security risk assessment are inextricably linked with the DOJ's and the FBI's criminal investigation. Oh, my goodness. They just, wanna, they just want to lay the groundwork for an indictment. Oh, yeah. It'll be irreparably harmed. By the way, they've known about these documents since 2021. Now they can't wait two weeks for a special master to go through it. Without a stay, the government and public, oh, they're, they're thinking of the children, will also, will suffer irreparable harm from the undue delay to the criminal investigation. You've known about these documents since no later than when President Joe Biden told NARA to give them over to the FBI. They've known about them since 2021, by all accounts. Now they can't wait two weeks for a special master just to make sure that they're not using documents that they never had a legal right to in their criminal probe of Trump. All right. The government and the public would be irreparably harmed by the unnecessary dissemination of classified records. Oh, I know who would be irreparably harmed by any delay to indict Trump. Sam Harris. 
Sorry, that's, that's actually quite funny. Uh, conclusion, the court should issue an immediate order. <laughs> it's going to be a meme. Yep. Sam Harris is just waiting. It's just waiting. Oh, Trump has been indicted. Oh, okay. The court should issue an immediate, an, an immediate order staying its September 5, 2022 order pending appeal to the extent that, one, it enjoins the further review and use, prevents further review and the use for criminal investigative purposes of records bearing classification markings. This is what's at issue. I mean, this is like, it's, it's, it's begging the question. Uh, go through it, see what you're entitled to review, and then do whatever the heck you want with it, Justice Department. It'll take a couple of weeks. But we can't wait. We want to indict Trump now. Requires the government to disclose those classified records to the special master. We want transparency. We just don't want anyone watching us when we do it. Mama Sita. Okay, we got P.H. Lago. King Charles III just addressed the nation for the first time. Also, my first paid comment ever. Thank you, Flago. What did the what did um King Charles III say? Ah. Defund the federal government, feisty cadaver, says. Uh, you should see Gadsad's comments about Sam Harris in his interview with Constantin Crisson of Trigonometry. Those guys used to be friends. Sad. <laughs> Sad? No pun intended. That was from uh, Caligulov. Oh, man. Anyhow, so that's it. That's the latest on the justice, uh, the, the injustice department, as some, some call it. Uh, they're going to lose on the appeal. But by the time the appeal is heard, the special master will have gone through it. So it might just be, uh, what do they call it? Moot? No longer ripe, not latches. It'll be, it will be academic by the time this gets anywhere in the appeal process. But hey, it'll keep the Justice Department busy. It'll give them the script that the Banana Republic lawyers on social media need to continue to push the narrative. Oh gosh, this delay, it's compromising national security. But the months and the months we went back and forth uh, between NARA and Trump and the FBI and Trump and Joe Biden and NARA and Joe Biden and the F the months that went by there. That's cool. It's all cool. Now, it, now it's urgent. It's urgent. Yeah. That's how did Tim pool just come up in my backdrop there? Um, all right, people give me one second here. Let's just do this. See what else we got in the backdrop. So that's it. I will see where this goes. I, my prediction is out and I am but a schnook. But I believe I'm a schnook with reasonable logic. And I believe I shall prevail in my logic. I need to go see, I need to go see Gad Sad's uh, comments on trigonometry. Who, I, do you think Constantin and trigonometry knew that they were going to break the internet and break Sam Harris with that interview? That's the question. Uh, Constantin's face was one of pure, unmitigated shock. Oh, Okay. Well, let's just let's just play Bill Barr's comments one more time. Opinion, I think, was wrong, mm -hmm. and I think the government should appeal it. Uh, it it's deeply flawed in a number of ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I don't think the appointment of a special uh, master is going to hold up. But even if it does, but even I if don't it does, see it fundamentally changing the trajectory. So, so appeal it. So in appeal words, it. I don't think it changes the ball game so much as maybe we'll have a rain uh, rain delay for a couple <laughs> of days. <laughs> what an but analogy! The, the fundamental dynamics of the case are set, which is the government has very strong evidence of what it really needs to determine whether charges are appropriate, which is government documents were taken, classified information was taken and not handled appropriately. 
And uh, they are looking into, and there's some evidence to suggest that they were deceived. And, and none of that really relates to the content of documents. It relates to what the fact that there were documents there and the fact that they were classified. None of it relates to the, the content. Fact that they were subpoenaed and never delivered. Just relates to the but deception. They don't have to show the content, you know, the specific advice given in a memo, for example, in order to prevail in this case. So I the think the swamp runs um, deep, people. It's not really going to change the decision. So you think the special master will be overturned on appeal by the DOJ? I think if DOJ appeals eventually, it would be overturned. How, how long will that take? Market. Well, that's why it could be delayed, I hope. It's going to be wrong. He will be wrong. Uh, somebody said, where's, where's Winnie? Winston. Um, so that's it. We'll see. Moving on. Next story. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll jump to Canada for a second because we can't ignore my homeland. And it gives me a chance to practice French. As we all know, by the way, and you may not know, Quebec is going for provincial elections. Excuse me. Uh, provincial elections, I think it's October. I'll have to check the date. And um, the Conservative Party of Quebec, which is not a conservative party that um, anybody would recognize as conservative in the United States. And I'm not saying that they're not conservative. It's just like conservative in Quebec is like, I don't know, I uh, don't want to say liberal or Democrat in the States, but it's, it's, it's not conservative, GOP-type conservative. Uh, Eric Duhem is the leader of the Conservative Party. I had him on for a long-format interview, and I liked what he had to say. This is Radio-Canada Twitter. Radio-Canada is the French version of CBC, or at least you got CBC, which is the state-funded media, and Radio-Canada. Between the two of them, they get a billion dollars a year in uh, federal funding. They put out a tweet that says, Cinq candidats du Parti conservateur du Québec ont contribué à une campagne de financement en appui au convoi des camionneurs qui a paralysé Ottawa. That says, five candidates for the Conservative Party of Québec contributed to the financing campaign supporting the convoy of truckers that paralyzed Ottawa. Oh, they got the dirt on them. They've got the dirt on the Conservative Party of Quebec. To which, I mean, I have to say, the French propaganda arm of Justin Trudeau's government that gets a billion dollars in taxpayer money blames five candidates of the Conservative Party of Quebec for having donated to the trucker convoy. And I made a joke to Eric to him. That's not nearly enough of the conservative. There has to be more. The idea that the, and some, someone said, uh, oh, here, right underneath, Paul Pelletier says, elle ne blâme pas, elle ne rapporte qu'un fait. She's not blaming anybody. She's just reporting a, a fact. Free to people who want to think what they want with this information. Uh, no, when she uses the term paralyzed, when Radio-Canada uses the term the convoy paralyzed Ottawa, they're blaming. So it, it, there's an individual, I don't know who he is, and, I, and, I, and I'm not trying to put anyone on blast, Paul Pelletier, who needs to uh, assess uh, analysis of what you're being told. It is blame. They're saying five members of the Conservative Party of Quebec contributed to the paralysis, to paralyzing Ottawa. That is blame. 
That's misrepresentation. That is government-funded propaganda. Um, and they're doing it to interfere with provincial elections. They're doing it to ostensibly demonize the, the Conservative Party of Quebec, where I say if only, if only five members of the Conservative Party donated, that's not nearly enough. I think they've got, they've got to have over 100, 100 members in the ridings. Um, but it's, it's just, it's par for the course, and it's so subtle that, you know, people, good-natured, good well-meaning people don't, don't even understand the subtle, toxic infusion of judgment in what is being passed off as, and what this individual thinks is a fact. It's not a fact. Referring to the convoy as having paralyzed Ottawa is judgment, it's demonizing, and they're attempting to blame um, the Conservative Party of Quebec. And I said on Twitter, people in Quebec, uh, you're, you have two choices right now. You're voting for curfew, lockdowns, violation of constitutional rights, uh, for the Anglophones now in Quebec, now, they're, now they're, all of a sudden they're concerned about linguistic rights. You're voting for wholesale shredding and desecrating and defecating on our Charter of Rights, or you're voting for the Conservative Party of Quebec. Because there's no alternative in Quebec other than the Conservative Party that has the slightest regard for constitutional rights, and I'll say it, and science. Because when, when François Legault, Supreme Leader François Legault, imposed a curfew, that his own medical expert said has no, no bearing on combating a virus. They were not engaged in science. They were engaged in political science to the detriment of our God-given individual rights. Okay. So that's what's going on in Quebec. Pay attention to it. I'll be following it. Um, I'm not sure if I've become too politically toxic for um, Eric Deham to come back on and... Uh, do a live stream. I'm not sure what it might add to his campaign, but nobody can prevent me from, I'm not endorsing the camp. I'm not telling anybody who to vote for. What I'm doing is describing what the choice is. Lockdowns. We had curfew two years in a row, five months in 2021, a month and a half, I think, give or take a month in 2022. Vaccine passports where you had to show your QR code to get into retail stores. Children had to show a vaccine passport, 13 and up, to play sports, to get into movie theaters, coffee shops, restaurants. I don't eat out very much, but I didn't go. I, I, I didn't download the app, and I wasn't showing my papers to get into a Canadian Tire or Walmart or a movie store. Uh, so that, that's, that's what the choice is. And um, I know lots of Anglos right now, Anglophones in the province, who are actually finding it very difficult to continue the, the prospect of doing business in Canada, getting increasingly, in Quebec, getting increasingly difficult. Okay, we did the Oberlin. Yeah. New York Times. The, the crap of all crap. Uh, pay attention to Quebec. I'll be paying attention to Quebec as well. If, if Francois Legault, Supreme Leader, Sunset Thief, wins the election... It will be a ratification of the desecration of your constitutional rights. You'll see what's going to be left of that province in a few more years. Brain drain, economic drain, exodus of anybody who can get out of that province. Um, curfews, lockdowns, vaccine passports, shutting down businesses. Atrocious. 
Be awake, not woke. Don't give super chats if you don't have to. I'm glad, uh, Rumble Rants, I'm glad to see you on Rumble. By the way, I was a huge, I was huge on Odyssey in the beginning, but Rumble has been winning me over. Tell them they need to fast forward and re- re- rewind. LOL, pure blood, hashtag pure blood. Uh, thank you very much, Be Awake. No, they know that. They know that. I've told, I've told Chris uh, many, many times now, or multiple times, and I'm going to stop telling him that because they know, and they're working on it. Okay, here, here's a fun one, by the way. I mean, we, we talked about this a while ago. Check this out. Uh, this is from Michael Schellenberger. Schellenberger. Okay, yeah. Where's hi That's too loud, people. I'm sorry. Look at this. I, I, I've never really seen aerials like this. Look at this. So beautiful. Solar panel valleys. This is the future, people. No rice paddies like you see in, in, in other, no, no, no excavation of mountainsides. This. Solar panels. I mean, this is, I, I, I don't mind um, windmills. I, I actually find them kind of beautiful, but I appreciate that people find them eyesores. Uh, the, I've never gotten so close that I could, you know, um, experience the ear sore. Or uh, I've never seen whether or not they actually chop up birds the way people say they do. I've never seen solar solar panels like this. I've seen fields of solar panels, uh, but this is like like the armor plating on a plico. It's like like uh, what are they called on um, alligators? It's like the, it, this looks like a, a massive alligator. Michael Schellenberger says many think we will subsidize our way to renewables, but we many people think we will subsidize our way to renewables. But we won't for inherently physical reasons. Sunlight and wind are too energy dilute. Solar wind projects need 300 times more land, 300% more copper, and 700% more rare earth minerals than fuels, than fossil fuels, making them prohibitively expensive. Uh, and uh, the only, my, my other question was like, we've talked about this, but monstrosity of an eyesore. The, the rare earth minerals, we've seen how they're, how they're mined. It's environmentally disastrous where they're mined. But my question is this. What, what happens? I, I looked it up, actually. And apparently the solar panels uh, can withstand hail of up to one inch thick. Uh, one inch diameter, sorry. Beyond that, they get irreparably damaged. What happens if, if there's a brush fire, a forest fire? What, what happens if there's a fire in an area that looks, based on where this is, looks like it might be prone or at the very least sensitive to fire. What happens to those panels if there's a fire? Is the idea that there couldn't possibly be a fire because there's no brush or no uh, combustible material underneath? And then, and then you get into the fact that people rightly pointing out these panels have a 25-year life. They become less efficient over time. They've got to be replaced. They're impossible to dispose of properly or environmentally. And creating them is an act of savaging the environment. Not to mention the fact that, you know, you can have all the electric vehicles you want in California. Now you can't even use them because you can't, you can't charge them. (laughs) Be awake, not woke says, take the money, Viva. You have earned it. Actually been watching you almost three years. Your growth compared to most is astronomical. Glad you're awake, not woke. I will never be woke. Never. Um, And thank you very much, be awake, not woke. Fairfrozen55 says, no, Viva, this is not the future. You've seen the ones on fire. These are cheap Chinese panels. They catch on fire all the time. Then there's that, by the way, because, um, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, everybody knows, like, lithium batteries, 
um, catch on fire very, I mean, they, they, they can catch on fire and they can go, go crazy. It's so I don't want to say that the environment, this push for, for, um, solar panels and, uh, rechargeables, electric vehicles is a scam. Uh, I, based on what I know, and I'm not an expert, uh, in 10 years from now, people are going to look back on this and say, Oh, we, we didn't, we didn't know that. We didn't know that it's virtually impossible to dispose of these lithium batteries. We didn't know. You know what? Forget it. I, I did it before. We'll do it again. We didn't know what, what goes in, what goes on to, to, um, for the, for this mining. We didn't know the environmental devastation. Watch this guys, a uh, rare earth mineral mining images. Oh my goodness. Rare earth minerals power the world. But mining leaves local and global footprints in the land. It's be it's beautiful. Look at that. But you don't have to see it in California. So where's where's this quarry? It, pollution in other people's backyards is not pollution. Not in my backyard. Forget that. Forget that. What country is this in? I just want to see what like I I know that it's not here. So you go get the lithium, the rare earth minerals overseas, pillage, savage a foreign country's environment, a developing nation's environment, savage it. Then get it on freight liners, ship it over here. Has anyone ever looked up what the greatest contributors to carbon emissions are? It's freight liners. Ship, haul it over here on freight liners so that in Silicon Valley in California, people can feel good when they can't charge their electric vehicle. At least they don't have to see the pollution in other people's backyards. Uh, and speaking of not in my backyard, uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> sanctuary city for thee, but not for me. Listen to this. Now it's edited. There's a clear edit halfway through. I did not listen to the full interview. It comes from RNC research, so take it for what it's worth, but I've seen this very, this very clip shared elsewhere. Listen to this. Democrat D.C. council member complains D.C. is now a border town, quote, and therefore it's now a, quote, crisis. I am going to steal, man, Brianne Nadeau's position here because I know what she meant, but it doesn't change what she said, and it doesn't change the substance of what she said. Let's listen. So it's been said, but it's worth reiterating that the governors of Texas and Arizona have created this crisis. And the this crisis, busing illegal immigrants that cross the border into Texas to uh, D.C. Not in my backyard. Hey, I want the lithium battery. So I'm gonna just going to go ravage your backyard and don't don't come mining for the rare earth minerals in my backyard i like my backyard federal government has not stepped up to assist the district of columbia so we um along with our regional partners will do what we've always done we'll rise to the occasion we've learned from border towns i i know what she's trying to say here she's saying we're going to find a humane way of helping the um the, the illegal immigrants that are being bused to D.C. They've created a crisis. We're going to accommodate them. We're going to do our best. I, I know that's what she means to say. Regional partners will do what we've always done. We'll rise to the occasion. We've learned from border towns like El Paso and Brownsville. Um, 
And in many ways, the governors of Texas and Arizona have turned us into a border town. I know what she's trying to say, but I think she's accidentally saying what she thinks. <laughs> we don't know how long this will take to resolve. We it's don't a crisis. know how long they will continue busing. And so the right thing to do here is to be prepared to ensure we can greet every bus. We can get people off on the right foot. We can get them where they want to go. And that will ultimately help them in their immigration process. We've got to help the people who are coming here. Uh, we've, got to, we've got to inconvenience ourselves in order to accommodate uh, people who are coming to make sure they can get off on the right foot. Uh, we've got to use our resources. We've got to, we've got to go through the, the crisis. Um, and we're going to do it, but we don't want to do it. So don't turn us into a border town because that's your thing to do. D.C. is just to walk around sipping on lattes and saying how bad Donald Trump was. That's, that's what we want to do here. Don't, don't inconvenience us to deal with actual dealing with humans who are coming here illegally and who therefore have certain needs and create you know, uh, what she's referring to as a crisis. We don't want to deal with that. We're D.C. We're not a border town. You guys deal with that. We're not. We're not. We're not. We don't don't earth your minerals in my backyard. So it's been said, but it's worth reiterating. Let's reiterate that the governors of Texas and Arizona have created this crisis. It's a crisis for for DC. It's par. It's standard par for the course for what was it? Texas and Arizona. It's their their border towns. They have to deal with these crises. They have to deal with these problems. They have to deal with these issues. It's not for us because we're not a border town. We're an insulated uh, ivory tower. What do you, we have to now worry about feeding people? We now have to worry about sheltering people? But that was only for you guys to do. It was very easy for us to say, you feed them, you shelter them, and uh, don't, be, don't be racist and bigots. Uh, do it. Now, now it's like, oh, geez, now, now it's... And the federal government has not... You, you've created a crisis for us now. We don't like this. ...not stepped up to assist the District of Columbia. So we, um, along with our regional partners, will do what we've always done. We'll rise to the occasion. And, and, and blame other people. <laughs> We've learned from border towns like El Paso and Brownsville. Um, and in many ways, the governors of Texas and Arizona have turned us into a border town. Well, they've, 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 they've ravaged our pristine, our pristine and beautiful D.C. They've turned us into a border town. We'll, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. But they should always be border towns. Uh, uh, what was it? Was it? It was. It, she just said out loud. Was it Joel Osborne? It was Joel Osborne. It was this? What, this is what she just basically. This is what she basically just said. Let me just turn the volume down. This is what she just said out loud. The she said the quiet part out loud. In fairness, there, you have a very good point, though. There, there are a lot of Latinos here in this country that do agree that the immigration problem is a problem and it does need to be addressed and it does need to be fixed. Interesting. But making uh, those comments, those racist comments, do not help. And, it does, and if, yeah. you, if you kick every Latino out of this country, then who is going to be cleaning your toilets, Donald Trump? Oh, Ooh. in the sense that, no. you know what I mean? Like when I'm saying there's that more, there's more jobs to be in LA, no, they always- it, it, it is, they've turned us into a border town. They've effectively turned the, the, the beautiful streets of D.C. into a border town. We're not El Paso. We'll, de we'll deal with it, 
but this is not who we are. That's who you are. And you deal with that. And don't you dare. Shame on you for making us live through what you live through on a daily basis. Shame on you. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It, 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 oh, hold on. I need to see where the uh, rumble is here. Yep. Doesn't end. It doesn't end. Uh, what do we got here? Caligula says, be awake, not woke is correct. You deserve the money. I still remember watching you when you stepped in the proverbial poo by <laughs> analyzing the Alex Jones legal document years ago. And the rest was history. My goodness, was I young and dumb back then. First of all, Caligula, everybody, like, I had no idea who Alex Jones was back then. And I only knew what I knew from the media as well. I, it was, it's what a world to look back and say, I knew nothing then. And in 10 years from now, I'm probably going to look back at me now and say, I knew nothing then. I think I know more than later. <laughs> I think I know more than I did back then, but I still have a lot to learn. Man, I got to bone up on the, the JFK assassination because I, I was talking with, with Mark. I, I'm 20 years behind on the latest, on the, the truth behind the JFK uh, conspiracy. <sighs> yeah, that was fun back in the day. My goodness. All right, here we go. By the way, let's just, let's just end on sheer, sheer, it's beyond stupidity. It's misogyny. And then I'm going to bring Winston up. Where is the dog? Oh, he's right next to me. Again, you would think this is parody if you didn't know that it was serious. Matt Ho for Senate. U.S. Senate candidate to represent the people of North Carolina, Green Party, disabled Marine combat veteran. See, this is the thing, like, I'm not demonizing a human as a human. I'm, 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 I'm going to criticize a statement from a human. A Marine combat veteran dis deserves respect for that aspect of, 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 of his life, his or her life. I, mean, I, I said it before, it's not because I disagree with one statement from an individual that the individual becomes bad. I think, I think, I think Matt is, is being overtaken by the need to virtue signal on this specific issue. And I think... One day he will realize how utterly absurd the statement is. This particular statement on this particular issue. Maybe it reflects also on overall politics. A man who is a disabled Marine combat veteran uh, has made immeasurable sacrifice, deserves to be heard, deserves to be listened to, deserves to have his right to speak, as do other people to lambaste him when he takes positions such as this. For all the people demanding an answer, as to what a woman is. Well, it's an interesting thing. This is what you call stepping in it because who, who asked him to provide this opinion? Like, this is where you wake up one morning and you say, I want to show that I'm virtuous on a subject. I'm going to answer a question that nobody's asking me. And by and large, I, you know, I have nothing to contribute to the discussion of this other than placating my base um, uh, while upsetting the opposing side. And trying to virtue signal for, I guess, electoral points, maybe? For all the people demanding an answer as to what a woman is, a woman is a person who identifies as an adult female. A woman is a person who identifies as an adult female. So first of all, I, as far as I could tell, there's no 
inverse to this. He's not walking around saying, for, for all those who want to know what a man is, because apparently nobody needs to know what a man is. Like nobody's asking that question. It's weird. It's weird. But set that aside. A woman is a person who identifies as an adult female. You see what he's done here, by the way? Because woman, the definition of woman is an adult female. Hold on. Don't, don't take my word for it because this is the definition. Woman definition. An adult female human being. And that, that's, that's the, the twist here. So he's saying a woman is someone who identifies as an adult female. An adult female is the definition of a woman is someone who identifies as an adult female. But I mean, I took logic. As a, as a course in my honors degree in philosophy. That's what we call either a truism or uh, insanity. <laughs> a woman is someone who identifies as an, uh, is a person who identifies as an adult female. The definition of female is an adult female. Oh, sorry. The, the definition of woman is an adult female. So let's play the logic game here. An adult female is a person who identifies as an adult female. Okay. Uh, then it becomes the question of identifies. But let's just actually see what he's saying here. He's saying that a woman is someone who identifies as a female. You don't have to be a female. If you identify as a female, a woman, sorry, if you identify as an adult female, you're a woman. What he's basically saying, woman does not exist, but for one's identifying as one. Women do not exist, but for the fact that people identify as them. Uh, did, I lose my, uh, did I lose my tweet here? This? A woman, a woman does not have a biological existence. A woman is only a question of identity. I presume he would say, as is a man, but for some reason, nobody's having that debate. What is this tantamount to? It's tantamount to denying the existence of women, period. It's tantamount to saying women as biological entities who have fought for rights for 100 years don't exist because all that someone has to do is say, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't. All that I have to say is I identify as one and therefore I become one because they don't actually have any, any objective existence on their own. That's, that's misogyny. That is misogyny in the most literal term. Where's my, where's my, that doesn't even matter. That's misogyny in the most literal of term. And let's just go see misogyny. Yeah, sorry, people, I can't, I, I can't spell. I just, it's like contempt for or ingrained prejudice against women. What could be a greater prejudice against women than saying they don't exist or they exist only as a, as a state of mind. I mean, to, to, to me, it's, it's... Then you get into the hashtag. If trans women are women, then you don't need to qualify anything. The whole issue here is, in order to respect trans rights, uh, you don't need to deny the existence of biological women. On the contrary... If you're going to respect trans rights, it has to be because there's a separate, distinct existence that is the trans existence. And just to say, trans, the trans existence denies the existence of 
the, that to which people are transitioning, other than being counterintuitive, when it comes to denying women's rights, which have been long fought for, it is pure, rationalized misogyny, period. Now, I still, I still think that the individual deserves respect as a veteran, and this is not to say he's a bad person. I don't know him from a hole in the wall. This is just a bad position. It's, a, it's an irrational, illogical take that in and of itself denies the rights of women. It denies the rights of women without actually resolving the issue, which is you know, trying to promote uh, an, an equal existence for those who identify as trans. Uh, but one, you know, one day the, the, discussion will, the discussion will get to a point where people are going to realize that you're not respecting you're not promoting the rights of one group when you are trumping and uh, denying the rights of another. That's not how it is. That's actually not justice. That's actually injustice. All right. Let me see something here, people. I think we've, uh, I think we've covered the, the news of the day, the, the law news and the madness. Bing, bang, bong. Okay, so here, let me see this one. I just want to go to my Twitter feed and make sure we covered all the stories here. Uh, yeah. Okay. Done. Oh yes. You can get your, the, the politics ruins everything shirt, by the way, is now back up on the platform. Viva It's the best shirt ever. Every time I wear mine, I get compliments on it. I'm not trying to sell it. It's just a good shirt. And I need to get another one because mine has started to smell bad because I've started to jog. In it. Uh, okay. We got that. We got that. Oh, we're not doing that. Uh, and this, by the way, I, I just, I, th- someone made a very insightful comment to this. She doesn't always stand up for Ukraine, but when AOC does, it's in the $3,000 Puenza Schuler matching Ukrainian flag jacket shoes combo. I didn't even see it until someone pointed it out because I'm that, uh, I don't see the world that way. This is the jacket. So you can see my homework, 2,690 US dollars, free shipping. That's like 4,000 Canadian dollars. And it's like, I, I don't know, maybe it's an accident. Maybe it's a total coincidence. But then someone said in, in, in the response, I feel like I'm living in a satanic chronicle. Rituals, open clues, set and proclaimed allegiances to Masonic rules and or power set upon the masses. It's there to see, not too many eyes open. Why? This, this public signaling of allegiance is, what's, is what I do find truly shocking. I, and I don't know when, it, when did it start? Because it started with, I remember once upon a time for, for Black Lives Matter, you had Blackout Day. Everyone on Instagram changed their avatar to a black square. Uh, then it was like the, the syringe for getting vaxxed. Then it was the Ukraine for the, for the war. This idea that you have to publicly promote, you have to publicly identify your allegiance in this tribalist warfare. And it, call me judgmental. It, it, from what I see, it tends to be people who, who are not necessarily the most informed on the very issues that they're, that they're promoting. But when did this become a tendency? Like, when did this virtue signaling, tribalism, this is what I think, and if you don't agree, we are enemies. When did this happen? And is it a phenomenon of social media? That's, that's, my, that's my question to leave you with today, people, because I think we've gotten everything that we needed to get done, done. We have. Justin Trudeau. Oh, you know what? Let's, let's, leave on. let's leave on a laugh, people. Joe, it is now America's good fortune to have you as president. 
<laughs> someone's got a someone's got a like layover a laugh track, not a clap. Let it let it go on. How long are they gonna clap for? Oh God, like like it's like the State of the Union address, like, and that goes for Republicans and Democrats. The State of the Union address, clapping at the. What's that painting in the back? It's, this is more government acting like gods. Government thinking they are gods among mortals. You have guided us through some perilous times. <laughs> You've built on and gone beyond the work we all did together. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm adding the laugh track. Don't anyone steal my idea. I'm adding a laugh track the second we're done with this. And to promote economic fairness. Yeah, thanks economic fairness. Decency, Poverty for all. Strength. Maybe most of all, thanks to your faith in our democracy and the American people. Whose phone just went off? better off than when you took office. Yeah. And we should all be deeply grateful for that. <laughs> cue, cue the Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't know how the music goes. Uh, never, never underestimate Joe's ability to F things up. Right, right uh, Obama? I mean, that's, that, that was, but that was then. This is now. Pure tribalist everything. E even in the midst of absolute... You know, decay, inflation, economic problems. Say it's good. Say it's good because the truth is, um, if you if you admit if you admit mistake, you are admitting defeat, and you can't do that in politics. You got to double down. Failure is success. George Orwell, nineteen eighty four. People, we've done great today. I'm reading some of the chat, and I'm not going to read that. Democracy, uh, their democracy, our republic. From Spirit554. People, I think, by the way, Sunday night stream is going to have to be on Monday this week. Uh, nothing to do with anything. I think it's travel uh, issues. I actually have to double check. Plan on Sunday stream being on Monday. Uh, because I think there might, there might be a, a, a scheduling conflict. Exceptionally. Uh, second thing. Thank you all for being here. Uh, do not lose faith, people. I think I, I I, I, I'm, I'm getting somewhat optimistic, even if I have my moments of um, dread. But continue to conduct yourselves in a manner that would make your parents, your children, and your dog proud. Come here, Winston. Speaking of which, get up. Boy. Oh, my back. Okay, here he is. Continue to conduct yourselves in a manner that would make your parents, children, and dog proud. And you can't go wrong. Um, get that eye because he's out of there. Winston's good. Uh, if you want some merch, Viva Fry merch, support on locals, vivabarnslaw.locals.com. You know where to go. Uh, and that's it. Thank you all for being here. Thanks, Viva. You're the best caveman lawyer. Thank you, son. <laughs> uh, make Viva proud. I like that. Uh, not that I should, not that I. In a, everyone conduct themselves in a way that no one can say, Viva's followers, look what they did, look at that, look at that. It, it, it's amazing, by the way, because someone was saying, uh, you know, like, now is not the time to misbehave in a politically stupid and counterproductive manner. I, the tides seem to be turning, people's eyes seem to be opening. And so now is not the time to do anything stupid because there's no benefit in doing it. You're not going to win over the hearts and minds of people by resorting to tactics that are going to turn off the hearts and minds of people. Uh, like the summer of the BLM protest, there was more support before than after. And so there's no, once you, once you start turning the turn, 
of what some might call this culture war, uh, you do not need to do stupid things that will be used against you and the movement. Trudeau, make Trudeau sad. <laughs> we got to get, we got to get elections in Canada. We'll see when they, when they happen. Uh, so that's it. I may go, I, I don't know. I'm, I'll, I'll post announcements in YouTube community, locals, Twitter, as to Sunday night. Probably go live tomorrow. We'll see what happens over the weekend. But people, get out there, get some exercise, get some sun, and um, look at the horizon, take deep breaths, talk to those around you, friends, neighbors. Life is not like what it looks like it is on Twitter. Uh, but stay vigilant and keep on keeping on. See you guys soon.